Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. I want you to, I want you to think about this with me, and I want you to remember this thought, this, this statement. God is not looking for giants. He's looking for Davids, Right? All he needs is somebody who's got enough courage and enough faith to do what he's invited us or called us or commanded us to do. Isn't that right? So that can be any of us, right? You don't need to be a giant. You just need to be like a David. Take your Bibles. I want you to look in 1 Samuel with me tonight because that's where you find the story of David and Goliath. 1 Samuel chapter number 17 is where we find that, that tremendous story. What great story it is, isn't it? And uh, I want to highlight just one verse of Scripture and talk to you uh, about a few things from that verse of Scripture, from, from this great story. Uh, there's, there's a number of great truths that we can learn, young and old, from the story of David and Goliath. Isn't that right? And I know, I know we've discussed it much. And there's probably not a young person in this room or any of us who have been around any length of time who has not read heard, preached, or taught, or even taught the story of David and Goliath. And there's so many things that, you know, you can teach from it. In fact, I developed a series of messages that I, I preached last year at a youth conference um, called How to Protect Your Dream. And I used David and Goliath, and I found out some unbelievable facts about David and Goliath, and I want to save it to preach to our teenagers sometime this upcoming year. But I'm pro I'll prove to you this, David was not the underdog. He really wasn't. I know it appears that way. Here's just a young fella, you know, and I, you know, even in the movie, they kind of called him a little wimpy, right? Um, and there's Goliath, you know, a giant of a man, and here comes this young, young boy, David, and and man, I'll tell you what, he's certainly an underdog, but when you put the story together and turn over some truth, you come to realize he wasn't that much of an underdog, but that's for another time, okay? Look at verse number 40 with me. I want to highlight something. The Bible says in verse number 40 that, and we just, we just watched it in the video, that uh, David took his staff in hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook. And he put them in his shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a script. And, and his sling, by the way, it wasn't a slingshot. There's a big difference between a sling and a slingshot because part of the Israeli army at that time was a group called slingers. And slingers could take that sling and they could knock a bird out of the sky with the stone they had inside of it. It wasn't a slingshot that you and I would think but it was a sling, and they were deadly. And those individuals, those soldiers who were slingers, were trained, and they were skilled in using that sling. 
And so the Bible says here in verse number 40 that uh, he took his sling in hand and he drew near to the Philistine. And of course, you know the rest of the story. A young boy, just a shepherd boy, defeats a giant of a man whose name was Goliath. Great story, isn't it? Huh? And where we find him here in verse number 40, we find him at the brook. And he's bending over and, it, and, and, and he's selecting, he's selecting at that brook specific stones. In fact, the Bible calls them smooth stones. Isn't that right? He didn't just pick any stone. He selected smooth stones. And that was, that was on purpose. And we believe the reason for that is because there would be no friction in them smooth stones. So that way when he would begin to sling, you know, and twirl his sling uh, and, and let that thing go, there be no friction and those stones being smooth. Listen to this. This is a fact, John. They said that some of those slingers, when they would let that, that stone go, it traveled at the velocity of a 45 caliber handgun. That's amazing, isn't it? And so David bends down. He knows what he's doing. He selects from that book five smooth stones. And uh, you say, why five? Well, maybe, he, maybe his, his aim was going to be off. No, I think this. I think because David may have considered there may be more than just one. After I knock this big boy down, there may be some others who come my way. And so we had, he put five smooth stones in his pouch. Now, here's something the Bible doesn't tell us, but I promise you it's true. After the battle, I had a chance to interview David. Why are you laughing? I told you it's not in the Bible. I promise you it's true. I had, a, I had a chance to sit down with him. He was still a bit shaken about the whole event. He was, you know. And, uh, and you know, he had, he had that pouch with him. That pouch where it says in verse number 40, you see it, uh, he put those five smooth stones in his shepherd's bag, you know, even in a script. And so he, he had that pouch with him. So I asked him this. I said, David, do you think maybe possibly I can borrow that pouch and maybe use it as a sermon illustration, you know, maybe a couple hundred thousand years from now? You know, and guess what he said? He said, yes, indeed. He said, you can go ahead and use it. Uh, but, but here's the thing. He told me this. Remind the people, especially the young people that you're going to be speaking to, that they will certainly face some giants in their life. Did you hear that? And no doubt about it, each of us will at one time or another face something that we'll consider to be huge. And, and sometimes you know, when we face, and by the way, sometimes it's people and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's things. Sometimes it's circumstances. But here's the, here's the truth of it. Those things, sometimes those people, sometimes those circumstances cause us to fear. Sometimes they cause us to doubt. Sometimes they, they cause us to worry. And sometimes they cause us to think inferior. Are you listening real good? I just went from speaking to children to some of us adults. Life, you know, look here, there is nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in God's economy where, where you're told, we're told, that life is going to be fair. The fact of the matter is, we're told just the opposite. We're told to arm ourselves because when you get saved, you enter into a spiritual, 
spiritual battle. It's spiritual warfare. Isn't that right? And so David gives us some wise counsel, and, and he reminds us that we're going to face some giants just like he did. However, the weapons that we must use are spiritual weapons. In fact, there's a great Bible verse in 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number 4. The Apostle Paul, who knew a little bit about spiritual warfare, tells us this. He says this, and I quote, he said, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but spiritual to the pulling down of strongholds. You know what that word carnal means? We can just say physical. So when we're fighting a spiritual battle, you, you can't use physical uh, weapons. You know, you, you can't go out with a baseball bat, right? You, you can't go out with a chain, you know, in your hand. You can't even go out with a slingshot or a sling. Not when you're fighting a spiritual battle. When you're fighting a spiritual battle, you need to use spiritual weapons. Are you with me? Huh? And so uh, I asked David, again, I asked David if I could borrow his pouch, and guess what? I have it with me here tonight. I, just, I promise you, it's, 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 the, it's the one he used. Right, William? And he's shaking his head. I know it is. Pastor said it. It's got to be true. And, and, and inside, inside, there are five smooth stones because David went and he plucked that one right out of the forehead of that, of that giant. After he cut his head off, he took his stone back. That's truth. That's fact. I'm telling you, it's fact. I know you don't see it in the Bible, but it's fact. And, and here's the thing. We, we have to use spiritual weapons, correct? So just young people, just young people now, and you might be 75 and say, but I'm young. But just young people in age, yell out, yell out for me. I'll give you the, you don't have to, just yell out for me what you would consider some spiritual weapons that we can use in spiritual warfare or in the spiritual battle. What, what are some spiritual weapons we can use against fear or doubt or worry or bullying or whatever it might be? And, and you know, even, even 10 or 12 or 14-year-olders have an inferior complex and insecurities, Right? Insecurity is a major giant that we face in life. What do you think some of the spiritual weapons are that we can use? Go ahead, call them out. I just said to young people, here's Carol. God bless you, my sister. So I can't say too much against her because she, she, she furnishes me every week, Joe, with some of the most delicious bakery items you could ever imagine. So... Thank you for that, Carol. Appreciate that. Young people, the Bible, the Bible. I heard somebody. Who said it? Vince, it said Vince, right? What is it? Jesus. Good. Somebody else? Way in the back there. I'm sorry? Bible verses. Good. Bible. Awesome. What else? All right. So let me, let me, show, you, let me show you what these stones represent here. So, one stone is Scripture. We've already had a couple of people say that. See the S on it? David wrote that. I promise you, I didn't write that. David put that on there. So, one stands for Scripture, right? And, and you know, we, we can use the Bible daily to help us in our spiritual battles. We ought to use the Bible daily. I'm going to get back to that in just a moment, okay? Another one, another one is prayer. Who said prayer? 
This young lady over here said prayer, right? <laughs> this, prayer. Prayer is, one, prayer is when you and I, young people, prayer is when you and I, we, communicate, we talk to God. And by the way, look here. You know, you can pray. You can pray. Uh, how old do you hope? You're nine years old. I'm a little bit older. But when you pray to God, he hears you just like he hears me. And you don't need to pray about what I pray about. You know what I pray about? Lord, help me with my wife. Boy, she's such a burden. I don't pray that. She prays that about me. But, but you don't have a husband yet, do you, Hope? All right. One day, maybe? 35, 40 years from now? Tyler's saying, yeah, uh-huh. Look here. You know what that means? She can pray to God and ask God about what concerns her. You know why? Look here. God cares about what you care about. You don't need to just pray, oh, God, save souls, and oh, God, uh, bless our church. No, sometimes it's God, help me with this, this history test. Help me with my sister. She's driving me crazy. Help me with my brother, I'm, right? There's somebody bullying me at school. Don't pray like David prayed. Da David would pray, God, break his legs. We can't pray that. That's imprecatory praying. We can't pray that. We just pray, God, please, tell him to leave me alone. Put him in his place. Give him a cold. But don't break his legs. Right? Just teasing. So prayer is a weapon. And then here's another one. Here's, here's one. Obedience. Amen. Did you ever sing that song? Obedience is the very best way. Doing exactly what the Lord commands. Action is the key. Do it. Joy you will receive. The very best way. Everybody sing it. O B E D I E N C E. Oh yeah, obedience is the very best way. You went to Sunday school, didn't you? Amen. Obedience. It's a weapon. And by the way, it's not just obeying God, it's obeying your authorities. It's obeying your mother and your father. It's obeying your boss. <laughs> yeah, obedience. And then here, here, here's, here's one you often don't think about, gratitude, being thankful. Being grateful is a, is a weapon. You know why? Because we're living in a world, and the world in which we live teaches us to be entitled, or we deserve it, you know? And when somebody does something for us, it's just because we deserve it. No, not really. We need to, we need to develop an attitude, cultivate an attitude of gratitude, don't you think? And so you have, you have being grateful, being thankful. And then the final one is faith. Faith. You know, and that's where we just learn to trust God. I preached something on Sunday night, and, and it, I, I think it helped a few people because they commented, uh, sent me text messages, and said, Pastor, I loved it when you said, God's already there. So no matter what your circum, whatever your tomorrow is going to bring, remember, God's already there. God's there. When you show up, He's there. He's on sight. That ought to help us. Uh, that ought to encourage us. But that takes faith, trusting God. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to go back and talk with you about Scripture. I have a few minutes left. Give me a couple of young men. Give me some young men. I need you to be ushers for me here. Young guys, come on up here real quick if you would. Make sure everybody gets a copy of this. I'm going to give you a technique tonight, and this is for everybody, not just the kids. Make sure everybody gets a copy, okay? Share some with Vincent so he gets... Get some here, guys. Share with each other. Make sure everybody gets a copy of that. Let me have a copy of it. There you go. Good. I'm going to give you a technique tonight for studying your Bible. 
And the technique is called put your specs on. Did you ever see this before? Brother Riddell, did you ever see this before? Put your specs on. Now, they are my glasses, by the way. I'm just teasing. They're not. Put your specs on. So, look here. You can read your Bible, but then you can really read your Bible. You can read your Bible and get nothing out of it, but then you can read your Bible and really get something out of it that could really help you. Amen? Now, here's the encouragement. Pay attention right here. You need to read your Bible every day. I mean every day. Look here. You need to carve out time in your schedule for God. Pay attention here. You need to read your Bible every day. Pastor, how often should I read my Bible? Every day. Every day. Every day. Look here. You need to read it even when you don't feel like reading it. You need to read it when your mind is clouded by life. You need to read it when you're, you know, just not feeling good. You just read it, you read it, you read it because it's the right thing to do. Read your Bible every day. I'll guarantee you there's people sitting in this room who don't read their Bible every day. And I'm not talking about the kids, and I'm not talking about the newbies. I'm talking about folk who've been around church for a long period of time. We just do not carve out time to read our Bible. And I think one of the reasons is you haven't gotten anything out of it personally in a long time. You know, you read it, and man, nothing's happening, and it's just boring, and as I'm reading it, my mind is on something other, and isn't that right? Huh? Now, let's be fair. Those of us who read our Bible every day, let's be fair. There are days when we read our Bible, and we walk away, and we say, I didn't get anything from it. But we say, but I read my Bible. At least I read my Bible, you know. Uh, but, but you can, you really can hear from God if you train yourself to listen. Remember a couple weeks ago, did a Bible study on effective listening? You remember that, effective listening? You know, and so let me share with you this technique. It's a method called put your specs on, right? So as you read a specific passage of Scripture, you begin to look in that passage of Scripture for sins that you might need to avoid. That's the S there. Go ahead and fill that in. Sins to avoid. So as I'm reading through whatever I'm reading through, I want to ask this question. Uh, is, is the Bible speaking, speaking to me there about any sins that I should avoid? Look at this Bible verse. 1 John 3, verse number 9. Do you see that? Take that in for a second. Go ahead and take that in for a second. John said this, and by the way, this is the Apostle John. This is the John who recorded the book of Revelation. And John says this, Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. I want you to say, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Then I want you to say, help me, preacher. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. Now, I want somebody to say, I want somebody who's very honest to say, uh, help me with that, preacher. You know why I would say that? I would say this. I'm going to sit right over here, and I'm going to say to the preacher, you need to help me with that, preacher. You know why? Because I still commit sin. Don't look at me like that. I, can, I feel your eyes on the back of my head, Brother Riddell. I still commit sin. How about you? How about you? How about you? And you know, there are times when I read my Bible and all of a sudden something pops up and it's a sin 
that I need to avoid, or it's something that is convicting to me. Let me give you some clarity on this Bible verse. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. His seed remains in him. He cannot sin because he's born of God. But you know what that's really speaking about? It's speaking about living a lifestyle of sin or a sinful lifestyle. Years and years and years ago, I heard Bill Rice, Dr. Bill Rice, comment on this and give the best explanation ever. He said one day he went home and he saw his son Billy throwing rocks at the neighbor's house. Pulled up into the driveway, there's his son, Billy, he's throwing rocks at the neighbor's house. Dr. Rice got out of the car and he said, Billy, Billy, Rices don't throw stones. But Billy was his son and Billy was throwing a stone. You know what Dr. Rice was saying to him? We don't practice that behavior as, Rice, as the Rice family. The Lord is saying, look here, 1 John chapter 3, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse number 9, comes after 1 John chapter 1, verse number 9. And you know what 1 John 1, 9 says? If we, John's speaking to the same people, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from... I like that, don't you? So, he, John, he can't be saying in chapter 1, verse number 9... You know, I'll forgive you. And then in verse uh, 9 of chapter 3, you shouldn't be sinning. If you sin, you're not born of God. You're not, you're, not, you're not born again. No, what he's saying is this. A true child of God with genuine faith in God does not live in a sinful lifestyle. You can't do it. Are you with me? Huh? So as you read the Bible every day, you ought to ask yourself this question. Are there any sins to avoid? The P stands for this. Are there any promises to claim? You know, the Bible's filled with promises, right? And it all depends on who you talk to. Some will say, you know, there's 5,000, there's 7,000, there's 10,000. Preacher, how many are there? Listen, a lot. There's a lot. And you know what? Many of them, Tony, are for you and I. In fact, look here. Look at this one here. Look what Peter says. Peter says in chapter uh, 1 of 2 Peter, whereby are given unto us, look at this, exceeding great and precious promises. They're exceeding, and they're great, and they're precious. Now, why are they given to us? That by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. And so when you're reading your Bible, Dave, you ought to ask yourself, are there any sins to avoid? Are there any promises to claim? Because every once in a while you read a passage of Scripture, and there's a promise, I need to claim that. Let me say a word about promises. Some are conditional. Some are conditional. That means this, you got, you got to do what God tells you to do in order to be a recipient or to receive or benefit from that promise. Here's, here's one, uh, Matthew 6, verse 33. Anybody know it? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and, and all these things shall be added unto you. Right? Did you see the condition there? He didn't say, he didn't say, hey, don't worry, be happy. <laughs> Remember that song? Don't worry, I'm going to meet all your needs. No, he said this. He said, if you seek me and my right, if you put me first, if you take the same energy you're using to worry and use it to pray, seek me, then all these things will be added unto you. What things? 
Well, the very things they were worrying about, food and clothing and job security and retirement and gas prices and camel feed. I don't know what they were worrying about back then, but there had to be something. Number three, are there any examples to follow? As I read my passage today, are there any examples to follow, right? And sometimes you read through the Bible, old or new. By the way, some of the, some of the, some of the examples are don't do this, right? Don't, don't doubt God. Don't lean to your own understanding. We had a great Bible study or great devotion uh, on, uh, on Tony right on, on uh, Saturday morning. Brother Chuck gave a great devotion out of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Lean not to your own understanding. I, don't, don't follow that example. Don't go there. But you know what Paul said? Look at this Bible verse, 1 Corinthians 11, 1. Be followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. So as we read the Bible, are there any examples that I should follow? And they're vast in Scripture, right? And by the way, you always want to follow somebody who's following Christ. <laughs> you can't go wrong that way. Amen? All right, put your specs on. Here's another one. Are there any, are there any commands to obey? Are there any commands to obey? Right? You know, the Bible's filled with thou shalt and thou shalt not. Right? A good, a good Pharisee knew about laws. I mean, to tell you, there were over 300 positives and over 200 negatives. You say, what's that mean? Thou shalt, thou shalt not. And a good Pharisee lived their life according to that, you know. But we, we have commands. God's commanded us. I know it's 2022. I know we're, we're living in the world of, of tolerance and anything goes. But there are absolutes in God's word. There's absolutes in God's word. And there are things where God commands us. Can I give you one? Buckle your seatbelt. Look at this one. Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you that ye, what? Love one another. Now, I'm going to tell you something. There's something wrong with that Bible verse because mine says this. A new commandment give I unto you to love those who love you. That's what my Bible verse says. My Bible verse says this. Love those who look like you. Love those who have the same color skin as you. Love those who use the same Bible translation as you. Love those who go to the same kind of church as you do. That's not what the Bible said. Jesus said, new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I loved you, that you also love one another. I love the next verse. I didn't put it up there, but the next verse says this. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. Hello? You know, what, you know what identifies us, young people? Clay, you know what identifies us with Jesus? Not so much the Bible that we carry under our, our arm, but the way we treat one another. It's not even the way you treat the people out there. It's the way you treat the people in here. People out there will know that you're of him if you care one for another in here. Are there any commands for me to follow? Put your specs on, and then finally... Go ahead and flip that last one. I got this remote stuck in my pocket. <laughs> Can't get it out. There you go. Oh, we went too far. Technology for you. Are there any, any stumbling blocks? There you go. That's a stumbling block. Are there any stumbling blocks to avoid? <laughs> you know what a stumbling block is, don't you? It'll trip you up. 
It's not so much an obstacle, although it is. It's something that will trip you up. And so as you read your Bible daily, as you search a passage, you know, are there any uh, stumbling blocks mentioned that I should avoid? Here's a great great Bible verse. Look at this one, 2 Timothy 4.10. Here's a fellow named Demas. The Bible says, for Demas hath forsaken, forsaken me. Why would you say? Why? Why? Having loved this present world. You see that? Huh? You know who Demas was? Demas is mentioned three times in Scripture. On two occasions, he's with, he's with the Apostle Paul. He's with Luke the Beloved, the, the physician. Dr. Luke. He's with, he's with other disciples, and now get this, he's on Paul's team. Huh? Think about it here. I'm looking out. We have Tyler Austin. Tyler is uh, one of our system, pa- our system pastor, right? I look over here. We have John Clemento. John works with our master clubs, and, and then we have Christy Keys. She works with our choir. Carrie's a piano player. Uh, Tony's a teacher. I can go on and on, right? I would say this. That's my team. Right? There's Collinson, there's a Sunday school. That's my team. But who am I? My team. Paul? I know, I know sometimes we don't like to elevate man, but get real, man. We're talking about Paul. We're talking about somebody who shook his world. We're talking about somebody who said, I am free of the blood of all men. Paul? Demas is on Paul's team? You know what I do? Uh, I met with John on, on Saturday. We had prayer together. I meet with Tyler often. We pray together. Met with Tony last week. We, we had prayer together. I'm sure Paul spent some time with his team when he wasn't in jail. <laughs> and I have no intentions of being like Paul when it comes to that. He spent some time with his team, and they were able to watch him and glean from him and see his genuineness and his personality and are you with me? But here's one of his teammates who Paul says about him, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Look here, if one of Paul's team members can get tripped up, any one of us can. Any one of us can. Are you with me? Any one of us can. I've been around long enough to see many pastors, many preachers, Joe, hit the skids. You know why? They just took it for granted. They stopped doing the things that got them to where they are. Never stop doing the things that got you to where you are. Read your Bible every day. Have time alone with God in prayer. Confess known sin. Keep yourself separated from the world. Amen? Put your specs on. (laughs) Put your specs on. Sins to avoid, promises to claim, examples to follow, commands to obey, stumbling blocks to avoid. Huh? That's just a technique. You don't have to use it. There's many others. But if you don't have one, you may want to consider that one until you get your own. So, Pastor, do I need to use a technique? No. No. Just get your Bible out. Before you read it, say, Holy Spirit of Almighty God, I know you're the author of this book. Would you please teach me what you need for me to know? Give me what I need today. And then listen for it, look for it. And don't hurry through it. Man, you get to a Bible verse, all of a sudden a word pops out, a word, a word speaks to your heart. Don't go any further. 
Just pause and stay right there. Huh? Yeah, that's how many, many of the messages I preach. That's where they come from. I just catch a word, catch a thought, catch a, a passage, right, Brother Adele? It's how we build our sermons. And I know you think we follow you around, and sometimes we do. But that's where it comes from, just getting alone with God in Bible study. Amen? Put your specs on. The song said, learn this lesson that David learned. Don't trust in spears or swords. Know what that represents? Anything other than the Lord. Though giants may be 10 feet tall, the battle is the Lord's. The battle's the Lord's. Amen? And we need to make sure as we're facing our giants in life, we're not facing them with the wrong weaponry. Right? Because it's spiritual warfare. And our, our opponent is a formidable foe. Don't you, don't you, don't you agree? Yeah. Huh? And so let's not be ignorant of his devices. Let's use the, 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 the tools, the weaponry that God has given us. Amen? Let's pray together. I'm sure glad the young people were with us tonight. It spurred my heart to preach that message. And I hope I gave them something to think about. I hope I gave us all something to think about. You can take it with you. Father in heaven, thank you that we get a chance to examine scripture. Thank you that we get a chance to come have Bible study. Thank you that in this church and in this room when we meet we're just open we're open to hear what you have to say we're open for you to work in our hearts and minds we invite you to convict where conviction is necessary we invite you to encourage where encouragement is necessary we invite you to bring conversion we invite you to uh, cause a great transformation in our lives and transition from being what we were to what you have us to be we invite you to do all that. And so we're in a great place. This is a workshop. And I pray tonight as we looked at that text of Scripture and these simple techniques, these principles from, from your word, that you'll help us to use it in such a way that our Bible reading would be fresh and real, unique and personal, but that would give us something that would be life-changing. Touch our young people. Help them at a very young age to begin to develop a desire, cultivate a desire to read your word, study your word, learn your word, memorize your word, and then obey your word. And we'll thank you for it. Thank you for their parents getting them here on Wednesday night. They're doing the right thing. And we pray you continue to bless our church, add families to us, add young people to us, because they are the church. We pray in Jesus' name, and amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.